Hello, and welcome to Cover to Credits, the bi-weekly podcast where we discuss books and their movie adaptations. I'm Ian George. And I'm Adina Hilton. In this episode, we'll be discussing Blue is the Warmest Color. Blue is the Warmest Color was written by Julie Moreau, originally published in French and uh, published in 2010 in France, and then the English language translation uh, came out in 2013. And the film adaptation came out in 2013 and was directed by, and please forgive me, everyone. <laughs> He's a French director. I'm just giving a shot at his name. <laughs> Abdelatif Kashish. That sounds right. <laughs> that sounds like a, a white person, an American person pronouncing a French name. Yeah. So... I apologize to anyone who knows anything about French in general, because we don't, and we are doing our absolute best, but yeah. we will probably screw it up. Yeah, there's French names in this, and we're just, it's going to be, it's going to be rough if you know anything about French pronunciation, <laughs> like my friend Katie. <laughs> um, but first of all, um, I am a little sick if my voice sounds a little bit uh, uh, raspy or not nasally not nasally or... Mm-hmm. or even worse than it usually sounds. But the other thing is maybe you you can hear it a little better. Maybe maybe <laughs> you can hear uh, how nasally and bad it is because we are talking on brand new microphones. We got microphones. We bought audio equipment. Yes. So um, we finally decided, you know, we had done 10 episodes. Yeah. And we were like, I think... It's time that we buy some microphones and yeah. set up recording in our apartment. Yeah. Making our tiny apartment even smaller. <laughs> so our living room is now a living room slash home office slash recording studio. Yes. But uh, we're making it work. We are. So welcome to the new Cover to Credits audio system. Which probably sounds the exact same. <laughs> yeah. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> so... Back to the adaptation. Yes. Blue is the warmest color. Blue is the warmest color. So it's in French. It, it, it is French. Um, and it's about um, these two women who fall in love and mainly about one character, um, Adele. In the graphic novel, her name is Clementine or however mm-hmm. you pronounce it in French. <laughs> yes. And in the movie, her name is Adele. So for purposes of simpli- simplification, we have decided to just call her Adele. Yeah, we're going with Adele. Yeah. If we mess up, we'll probably just bleep it. I don't know. (laughs) Just so the listeners aren't confused, who aren't familiar with the story. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so this story uh, follows uh, Adele. Yeah. I'm I'm already on the edge of messing it up. Um, Follows Adele. And it starts off in the... In the book mm-hmm. with Emma, the other character, yeah, reading her diary. Yeah. Because when the book starts, when the graphic novel starts off, mm-hmm. um, Adele has actually passed away. Yeah. It tells you that like the first page. Yeah. Emma's just like on the train, you know, whatever. And she's reading like a letter or something from Adele. And it's just like, I'm dead now. Here's my letter to you, basically. Yes. <laughs> and she, she gives her... she. It's not in her will, I don't think, but she gives um, Emma her her diary yeah. from when she was in high school mm-hmm. and around the time they met. Yeah. So And so it's like Emma in the present reading Adele's diary about 
when Adele was in high school and kind of around the first time that they met, which is mm-hmm. interesting. Which is interesting. So the movie, the movie doesn't do this uh, kind of flashback setup. It no. starts off with Adele in high school. Yeah, and follows her the whole time. Yeah, so this is kind of like where that story begins. And for the most part, the graphic novel takes place in this flashback kind of uh, setup of high school. Mm-hmm. But they use it in this really cool way in the graphic novel. And I kind of love how they use the art and the color to show you like where you are in the story. Yeah, yeah, because the 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 present, I guess we'll call it, yeah. after she's died is in color. Mm-hmm. And when it goes back, it's it's black and white. And yeah. the art style is really interesting, I think in this graphic novel. Um it's very loose, but I think that really works for this story. Yeah. Because it makes it so much more personable. Mm-hmm. It really felt it really feels like one person sat down and did this entire thing. Yeah. The coloring and the art and the story and it just kind of makes which it more, she did. Which she well, yeah, which yeah. she did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just makes it this really personable uh kind of telling and narrative. Also it can it can kind of feel like someone's story being told like she's reading the diary but it could just as easily be this graphic diary almost you know yeah yeah like yeah exa- mm-hmm. it's Adele's life just told in these pictures as uh Emma is reading the diary and it's so cool because so the title is blue is the warmest color and they emphasize the color blue in all of these black and white shots so in in the past where you know Emma's reading Adele's diary and you're seeing like Adele's life and you know when she's in high school and everything there will just be these little colors of blue so it's all black and white and gray and then there'll be blue colors and obviously um the one that stands out the most is Emma's hair because she has blue hair when they meet and so and the diary's blue too. and the diary's blue Mm -hmm. and so it's super interesting because I was reading that um the author Julie Moreau was saying how she kind of wanted it to represent memory So when you think back in time to your own memory, like things aren't super clear, you know, they might be in black and white or there might be fuzzy bits, but there are like flashes of something that's meaningful or like something that sparks something in you. And blue is supposed to kind of represent that. Yeah, it's all it's very kind of tied to emotion. Yes, I guess you could say the art style and the way um, everything's depicted in this story, which you know, like I said, it just, it works. I think it really works for this. Yeah. And it really like grabs you. And so whenever you see a bit of blue, you're like, oh, this means something, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the most, I think, interesting contrasts between. Oh, yeah. Because uh, so this is a graphic novel. Yeah. A, a relatively short one. Yeah. It's 156 pages, which is pretty standard or even like a little short for a standalone graphic novel. Yeah, I read it. I finished it in two sittings, like yeah. pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet somehow this was translated into a three-hour film. Three hours. We're not joking. It is three hours. It's two hours to be to be technical. <laughs> it's two hours and fifty-nine minutes. <laughs> let's let's be real. Let's, let's give credit where credits due. He kept it under three hours, which it's kind of shocking how long it is. But, like, how little dialogue is even preserved from the graphic novel. Yeah. You know, you'd think, like, oh, well, it's three hours. They probably kept, like, every scrap of dialogue and then added more and, you know, added extra scenes. And there are extra scenes and, like, longer plots. But, honestly, there's just not really much dialogue at all. No, it's... So, 
it it goes to the style of the filmmaking. Yeah. Which is very he I don't know. I I don't know. I don't want to call it self-indulgent. Yeah. Because it does work in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. It kind of adds to this kind of realistic tone. Yeah. Where scenes go on a lot longer than they need to. Or than you're used to seeing in a Mm -hmm. movie. Yeah. You're like, this feels like this should have ended like a minute ago. Yeah. Or there's a classroom scene early on in her English class. Yeah. Going around reading from a book. Uh huh. And the book thematically ties in yeah, to, the to the story because it's about love and fate. Mm-hmm. But you're watching a bunch of kids who aren't even characters in this story no. reading for like 10 minutes. Yeah. You know, it's a long time devoted to this. Yeah. But it gives it this weird sense of realism where, you know, in life, you don't get to choose when a scene or a class ends or yeah. whatever, and you're just kind of stuck. In these moments that don't mean much at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, dinner scenes. Yeah. You'll just watch them eat dinner for a minute longer than the conversation will have lasted. Yeah. And I feel like it adds to that you feeling like a part of Adele's life. Yeah. And that you yeah. really kind of get to know her and get to know what her life is like. And that helps you be more attached and invested in her character, which mm-hmm. is important as she continues to get older. And, and it's very tied into um, the way it was filmed, too. Yeah. Like the camera, there's a lot of uh, it's very intimate. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of medium shots and a lot of close ups. Yeah. Not a lot of wide. Yeah. 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 Not many establishing shots or wide shots it's mm-hmm. always like real intimate real close to the characters uh you know you you see a lot of kind of textural elements and close-up shots and yeah uh it that also it, it's similar to the graphic novel in that it makes it feel very personable mm-hmm. and that you're and it does what like p- close-up panels can do in the graphic novel you yeah. know focusing on something which is cool a lot of detail shots and, yeah and so between the length that scenes go on for and the way it's shot and there's no score either. Oh yeah. I feel like that's the biggest. Yeah. Yeah. Atmospheric difference. It's true. You don't, I feel like you don't really notice it until you notice it. And then you're like, Oh crap. Like there's no music in this. It's tough to notice the absence of things sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It just kind of adds, it adds to the, um, the breath of the scenes Mm -hmm. for lack of a better term where there's so much extra dead silence. Yeah. people just talking or chattering in the background Mm -hmm. so yeah it it, the movie has a very um distinct and i think well thought out tone yeah whether it's something you'll enjoy or not i Mm -hmm. think it was all very purposeful it was yeah in in those sequences and everything it's definitely different because you don't see a lot of movies that do this Mm -hmm. especially with no score and with the dialogue being kind of almost improvised improvised feeling like I don't think all of the dialogue was improvised but I think some of it you can definitely tell that it has that flavor to it yeah and so there's like almost this awkwardness or this out of place feeling when you're watching it that I'm not used to when I'm watching movies no and and it's tough to tell because it is it's in French yeah but it's also very monotone yeah not now, when it's emotional, it's super emotional. Yeah. But for a lot of like the normal conversations, mm-hmm. it's very kind of monotone and like one, you know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't seem like they're, it seems like a real conversation, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Like you're really just kind of sitting in and listening in on these two people. Yeah. So 
where are we at in the story? What's like, what, what's going <laughs> Nothing on? Nothing has happened so far. <laughs> <laughs> Great start. <laughs> Adele is in high school and, you know, she's just like, oh, I'm in high school and high school things, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And of course, you know, there's this boy at school that she's kind of attracted to and it seems like he's into her too, named her, Thomas. Thomas. And mm-hmm. her friends are super pushy about them getting together. Yeah. Her friends are real fucking annoying in, oh, the, in the movie. Oh, they're awful. They're real bad. They're the worst people I've ever seen. <laughs> like, so when Adele does go out with Thomas. Yeah. And she's talking to her friends about it later. They're like, do you two like, do you two have sex last night? I can smell it on you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But seriously, do you two fuck? No, no, it's fine. Don't tell us. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they're like just, super pushy and weird about it. Yeah. Like, Jesus. And this is kind of where those long scenes really add to the feel feeling of it yeah because they just keep going on and on about pressuring her it's really weird Mm -hmm. um but thomas 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 is so sweet no i love thomas (laughs) he's such a nice like he's a short he has a short arc in this movie he does and in the book but he's really sweet and you know you you know going into into this that she's not going to end up with thomas no you know it's all about her and emma and you know that so you know this is just going to be a transition slash a way for her to figure out you know her own sexuality but for him representing that he's still kind of an interesting guy and like a a good person i think well and i really appreciate this i think from a and i think i think a lot of people will in terms of a a gay coming out story yeah because it'd be easier to tell it with oh she dated a guy and he was a huge douche yeah and guys suck and you know what i mean like it really it presented her with a guy who seems like everything i think it's set up to be he's everything that she should want yeah and she just can't she just isn't invested in it. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. Yeah. Something missing. And even mm-hmm. if she doesn't know what it is at the time, I think they do a good job of kind of... Showing that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. showing that. And so it's really it's really sad and heartbreaking when she has to tell him, like... Because they do have sex. And you, it's not good for her. Yeah. Yeah. In the, in the book, they almost have sex, but don't... Um, because oh, yeah. Adele doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, she backs out kind of. Yeah, and right he's before. very respectful of her too. You know, he's like not mm-hmm. pressuring her, but you know, it's all like internal for her. You know, it's not anything that he's doing to to her or anything. It's just you know her internal struggle and trying to figure herself out. And so yeah, she breaks things off with Thomas, and it's really sad because he's a sweet guy and he seems like he likes her, but. Um, yeah, and then he's gone. <laughs> yeah, and then he's out of the picture, which yeah. sucks because he is the only good male character we see in this entire film. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> um, but around the time that she first starts going out with Thomas, we have the iconic scene mm-hmm. where Adele is walking across the street and she passes Emma on the, on the street. And they just kind of like lock eyes, pass each other, and then look back at each mm-hmm. other before they're like gone. Yeah, in the movie, it's it, it's very similar in the movie and the comic where it kind of goes back and forth between them a lot. The yeah, cuts, mm-hmm. and it feels both like a short, quick moment, yeah, but also very long and kind of and impactful and, and dramatic. Yeah, it, it has that feeling like you know it's supposed to mean something important, mm-hmm. and it's got that feeling like love at first sight or you know, a spark, like something happening to both of them. Yeah. And this kind of propels Adele 
into the, these confusing feelings and emotions when she's with Thomas and then beyond that too. Mm-hmm. So Adele has a friend in school, mm-hmm. Valentine. Yeah. Uh, who's in the movie too. Yeah. And he invites her to go out to uh, the gay bars. Because he's gay. Because he's gay and out. And um, so she agrees and they go out together. And yeah. she ends up going to uh, a lesbian bar. Mm-hmm. And that's where she, she runs into Emma again. She sees her. Yeah. And an interesting note for the graphic novel, um, because she's telling this through diary entries, you can actually like compare the dates and see when things are happening. And so her meeting Emma again in the gay bars happens almost two years after they first see each other in the street. Real? Oh, my God. I didn't. Yeah. If you look at the dates, it's like almost two oh, years man. later. Wow. Yeah. I never like I, I didn't pay that close of attention to the dates other mm-hmm. than like kind well, of the... a lot has gone on between this. Yeah. Like, you know, her relationship with Thomas and then their breakup and then. You know, there's a, this part where, you know, she almost has this thing with her classmate. Yeah. Yeah, like her classmate, like, kisses her, and then Adele kind of thinks that it, it means something more, and then her friends kind of backs off and is like, oh, I don't I don't mean it that way. Like, I didn't think you'd, I didn't think, think you'd care that much. Yeah, and so you, this is definitely the time that she's still figuring herself out and everything. But, yeah, they eventually do reconnect, but that whole time... Adele doesn't even know the girl's name. She just calls her like the blue haired girl in the street. <laughs> yeah. And she starts having just after seeing her the one time, she yeah. has these like uh dreams. Dreams of about her. her. Yeah, mm-hmm. of these of her like being all up on her and yeah. kind of uh the movie has a masturbation scene yeah. with Adele thinking about her and mm-hmm. um so clearly there's a, a strong sexual connection yeah. she has to Emma just after seeing her once. Mm-hmm. So she sees her at the at the bar and she uh is like freaking out a little bit. Yeah. But they end up talking. Mm-hmm. Emma kind of approaches her because I think Emma recognizes her too. Yeah. And they talk a little bit and kind of Hit it off. Yeah. Or like mildly flirting with each other. Yeah. Yeah. But Emma's with someone else. Yes. Sabine. Sabine. And before they leave, Emma asks, like, where where did you go to school at? Because they talked about her being in high school. And she tells her. And so then Emma kind of unceremoniously just leaves. And then the next day, she shows up at her school. Yeah. And it's really interesting because she's hanging outside with all of her friends. And they're like... Mm -hmm. You know, who's that blue-haired girl over there? She's obviously some, like, lesbian. Yeah, some punky lesbian woman. Yeah. And Adele's finally kind of like, you know, fuck you guys, you kind of suck. And she just walks over to Emma and starts Mm -hmm. talking to her. Although I guess that's not entirely true, because in the book, she's a little more mad at Emma. Yeah, for showing up at her school. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this begins them hanging out. Yeah. And, And also starts this conflict with their friends yeah where eventually they just kind of figure out because valentine tells them that they went to the gay bars yeah and they confront adele mm-hmm. and are like oh are you a lesbian now yeah and in case you forgot when we were talking about how shitty her friends were <laughs> they continue to be crappy and the confrontation in the movie is even more intense than in the yeah. book. yeah in the book it's just kind of like there's this one girl who 
like flat out rejects Adele and is like calling her, you know, lesbian and a deviant and like all of this, you know, every homophobic thing you could think of. Um, but in the movie, it's more than just one friend. They're kind of all ganging up on her. And it's great, though, because Adele actually like pushes her yeah. in the movie. <laughs> I just wanted her to like beat the crap out of her. I know. <laughs> They're so obnoxious. Oh, yeah. my God. It's just the the worst. But it's really sad because, you know, they don't even like they don't even know if it's true about her. But just yeah. even that like hint of, oh, she's going off with this like punk looking girl. She's obviously a lesbian. And we don't want to be associated with her. It's like, oh, my God. Like, and like, I think they can tell Adele like is kind of uncomfortable and not yeah. wanting to talk about it. And they mm-hmm. take that as like a confession. Yeah. And then just pounce on her. And, and I think it's tough for Adele because, you know, she's not even sure at this point if she identifies as a lesbian or what she's feeling. She just knows that she's attracted to this one person and just wants to be with her. And, you know, I feel like this is an issue throughout the the book, at least, where Adele is, like, always trying to figure out what's going on with her and is just, like, having a really tough time. Mm-hmm. And her friends don't don't make it easy on her during this. Yeah, I think this story is just such a good story of... of- coming out, you know, or Mm -hmm. uh, discovering your sexuality, especially in high school, because I feel like her being in high school in that age, there's a lot of conflicts between discovering your sexuality and being in that Mm -hmm. kind of environment that I think both the book and the movie explore pretty successfully. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think the book takes it farther with kind of the repercussions of uh, either being bisexual or gay or... Anything that isn't status, you know, quote unquote, status quo. So um, it's a really good story, though, I think, in both adaptations about that. Yeah, it's really interesting because, you know, Adele's friendship with Valentine is really cool. Like he is her basically becomes her best friend in in the book. In the movie, there's just that one part where they go out to the the gay bars together and then he's gone. But he really becomes like a really good friend to Adele. And, you know, a shoulder to cry on. And, you know, he talks to her about being gay and how, like, now those friends that rejected Adele are also rejecting him, too, because they heard that he went to the gay bars as well. So, like, there's some solidarity there. And I think that's super interesting and, you know, gives Adele someone to identify with and to talk to about this type of stuff. Yeah. And they have a lot of conversations where... She's talking about how she's in love with Emma with him and she doesn't know what to do and she doesn't know how she feels. And so he he's just a way for her to express her inner thoughts to us on the page, which works really well. Yeah. Yeah. So um, one of the more interesting uh, kind of divergences between book and movie is uh, Emma's current girlfriend, Sabine. Yeah. Because the movie just kind of forgets her. Yeah. It's very weird. It's like she existed and now she's gone. And it kind of weirdly causes a almost thematic problem with stuff that happens later. Yeah. Uh, but the book, it's a very big problem. Yeah. So Emma Emma tells Adele, because Adele's kind of questioning her like, hey, how how's Sabine? Like, yeah. how, <laughs> how are things going between you two? Uh, and Emma's Emma is kind of honest in terms of like, they're not great, but uh, she tells uh, Adele that 
you know, Sabine was very important for when she was coming out. Yeah. And she introduced her to a lot of her current friends. And she got her involved in like the LGBTQ community. Yeah. And sort of got her into that group and helped her accept that about herself. So she feels like she owes a lot to Sabine, Mm -hmm. even though their relationship is not healthy in a lot of ways. Yeah. you, You definitely know that there's issues between them and it's not a great relationship. But you can also see why Emma would feel obligated yeah. into staying within the relationship or at least trying to make it work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously Adele doesn't want that no, shit. No, <laughs> Adele's like, oh, I'm just going to be like super sneaky and like hang outside your apartment and like wait for you to show up and then like try to find you. And, you know, yeah. she, she, I mean, she knows what she wants kind of in mm-hmm. some way. She wants to be with Emma, whatever that means, you know. She's not really thinking about, I think, sexually she just knows she wants to be with her. Yeah, yeah. And this is a large chunk of the book is her wanting to be with Emma. And yeah. Emma's kind of like... And no. I think Emma's also... It's interesting. She kind of... Emma's kind of questioning Adele a lot as yeah. to, in terms of what she really wants. Yeah, because she... I think she feels attracted to Adele as well. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't want to kind of invest her love into Adele if this is just like a phase for her yeah, or if she's just curious, you know, there's like confusion and, you know, mistrust a little bit on both sides. And so it's kind of interesting because they are friends for a long time where they're talking a lot, you know, on the phone, they get together and everything, but you know, nothing ever happens between them. And it's sort of this back and forth. And then finally they do end up uh, sleeping together for the first time. And it's a really sweet scene. Yeah, it it is. It's really well done in the book. Um, but yeah, the movie just kind of forgets Sabine. Yeah. And then they end up together. Mm-hmm. And this leads us to <laughs> what I can only call the fuckening <laughs> in the movie. Fuckening. The great fucking <laughs> of Blue is the Warmest Color, which if you know anything, <laughs> know anything about this movie it is probably the sexual content yeah. of the movie. Yeah. Especially the first sexual encounter yeah. between Adele and Emma, because my God, is it graphic. And my God, is it long. Yeah, it is. It's just over seven minutes from what I read. So it's seven minutes long. I don't even I don't know if you can like imagine that. That's not foreplay either. No, it's it gets just, right into they're it. They're just doing it like <laughs> the whole time. You're just watching seven minutes of these actresses pretend to have sex with each other. And it is very convincing. <laughs> it's super I mean, the only reason you don't see uh either of their vaginas is because Another one of their body parts is in that area. Yeah. Like it's super, you see pretty much everything. Yeah. And also they put like fake vaginas on top of Apparently, their vaginas. Yeah. Like, although, like, what kind of difference what, does that Almost make? to what point, yeah. I guess. <laughs> um, but so this is a, a really, this was, it's a really interesting aspect of the movie. Yeah. Um, because. There are problems with it. And yeah. I really had to think a lot about it mm-hmm. to kind of come to my conclusions about it. And people have talked about this. Like when it came out, there's kind of like talk about this and criticism about it. I mean, I think the first thing is that, you know, the director is male and um, the stars of the movie are, um, you know, straight. Mm-hmm. 
And while that's not like you can't have a movie about, you know, queer themes with, you know, straight people, it's like there weren't, it, it just didn't seem like that perspective was taken into account. No. Like, it doesn't way, feel like they had queer people involved the way I in the it, making of this no. movie. The way I see it is if you're a man uh, directing two straight women in a lesbian sex scene, yeah, you better, like, prep, prep yourself so much for this and take, you know other people's accounts into take other people's perspectives into account and yeah. like so much so that cuz you have to expect the criticism. Yeah, you it's going to come and my my biggest issue with the scene is this is that I'm okay with the length of it or yeah. or I could be okay. <laughs> I, I could Possibly. be okay with it. Um but the biggest issue is that there is no communication between Adele and Emma during this scene. No, they don't talk. They don't talk at all. Mm-hmm. They're just immediately... It's seven minutes of just them, like, groaning and moaning and sexing mm-hmm. and no dialogue. Which, you know, in this situation, this is Adele's first time... Having be- sex with a woman. Having sex with a woman. And yeah. only second time just having sex in general. Yeah. And I don't care if you're straight, gay, or anything in between... You're not good at sex yet. No, no. The second <laughs> and, time you have sex, you are not good at it. And if you're not talking, you're especially not going to be good about it. No. And, you know, so that's what was, you know, this. I think this movie for a lot of the beginning is very, I think it feels very real. It does. And it feels like it's really taking this issue of discovering your sexuality mm-hmm. and the and repercussions of it. And we have the raw emotions, it. too. Yeah. Very raw feelings. Yeah. And you know, it feels very real in that way, and it feels like it completely abandons this perspective oh, yeah. in order to just have this really graphic sex scene. So in the first scene, the scene directly preceding the sex scene is just them kissing in the park, I think. They start kissing in the oh, park, yeah. and it's very intense. And then it just cuts to them in mm-hmm. in a bedroom somewhere, and they're just like doing it. Like, yeah. that, it's just like a straight cut into it. You know, they're not like fumbling and getting into the door and like, you know, no, yeah. there's no lead up or anything to it. And there's something super interesting that I really want to mention um, is that I was trying to figure out like what it was visually about the scene that just like fell off. And so I was looking stuff up and um, I was reading that the director specifically quotes that when I was when we were shooting these scenes, Um, I wanted to film what I found beautiful. So we shot them like paintings, like sculptures. We spent a lot of time lighting them to ensure they would look beautiful. So he literally is like, I wanted them to look like sculptures and paintings, which are objects. Yes. And not people. (laughs) Yeah. I wanted to literally objectify them. I wanted it to be art and not connection. And the movie even makes a a visual comparison because the scene scene, before this they're in a museum looking at art and it's just like butt shots of female sculptures and nude paintings yeah so it's setting up this like comparison comparison of women as objects sexual Mm -hmm. objects yeah and you know watching it there were for the most part it's filmed the same way the whole movie is there's a lot of Mm close-ups um a lot of you know kind of very detailed close-up shots of what's going on. But every once in a while, it would cut to a shot that's like, 
a medium shot, yeah. like side view of them. Their bodies all connected in. Doing a sexual yeah. act. It's a little too well lit. It's yeah. a little too bright. And it just suddenly, I'll, I'll call it the porno shot. Yeah. There's suddenly just a shot that looks like it just wants you to take in the sexual act without saying anything else and like with the being, camera. being in there with the character you know it yeah. takes you out yeah and that's the whole issue with this sex scene is you're not it's not from any character's perspective you don't know what they're feeling any emotions other than just like euphoria you know what i yeah, mean yeah it's just pure passion, passion. and euphoria and you know the like I said, it being seven minutes isn't the issue. Yeah. Because I get it. It's like their first sexual encounter. Yeah. And maybe if it had like some points in it where maybe at one point she's uncomfortable with something. Yeah. Or, or she's asking questions, you know, or. Yeah. Like give us a reason this is seven minutes yeah. other than just like no dialogue, all sex. Mm-hmm. So. And something interesting to note about this is that uh, the author Moreau uh, did not approve of the sexual parts of the mm-hmm. the movie. In general, she wasn't very critical of the movie, like it taking a different tone and like you know the plot being a little bit different. But she did say that she found fault with the sex scenes, and that to her they felt very cold and and pornographic. And so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whereas the mo- the 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 graphic novel, yeah, that one sex scene, mm-hmm. you know, it is it illustrates them having sex yeah and it's probably the longest there's a couple other scenes where they're sure yeah intimate yeah um the graphic novel though shows more of them like post-sex just laying in bed talking yeah and a lot of intimate moments like that and Mm -hmm. it really and um, them talking to each other and then they have the the voiceover of adele's diary mm -hmm. going on in the background you know talking about how you know she just wants to be with emma and how she loves her and it's just like so it's kind of giving you some structure you know it's not just seven minutes of silent groaning and grunting (laughs) (laughs) and there's another sex scene later yeah it's not as long it's like probably yeah in the movie that's like three minutes long or something yeah um and it's just them scissoring yeah (laughs) like once again no dialogue nothing nothing else nothing leading up to it yeah they never show them like kissing or like starting to have sex it's just them doing it yeah and there's nothing story-wise as to why we're seeing this no you know what i mean it's not like the this the sex isn't telling anything about the story it's just like and they continue to have sex you know it's not like oh maybe they're a little distant now or Mm -hmm. maybe uh or maybe they're rekindling their relationship maybe things had been bad yeah it's saying nothing about it's just sex for sex it's just sex so it's it's not telling a story it's almost like the director is like oh shit you know what we forgot we forgot to have them scissor (laughs) damn it we'll just put it in later we'll have them have sex again god i can't believe i forgot that so yeah that's that's our thoughts on the and that's our, that's our biggest criticism with the movie in yeah, general. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it had to be said, but we're going to try to not let that weigh down our opinion of the movie too much. Yeah. Because it is kind of, it's kind of an isolated thing. Yeah. You know, because so much of the movie does feel intimate and personal yeah. and emotional. Mm-hmm. But the sex scenes are just It, it kind of takes you out of it It does. Bit. Yeah. It's, just for it's exploitative just for the sake of it yeah but sex for butt's sake <laughs> this director really likes butts yeah there's a lot of butt shots 
It's and, like all butts. <laughs> yeah, it is. And this kind of goes back to um, so the per, the the male gaze. Yes. Mm-hmm. And this is a term that you might have heard before, and just kind of clarify what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, a good example in this movie is there's a shot of Adele showering. Yeah. And the camera's panning up, mm-hmm. and instead of just going up her body it yeah. has to like travel back and like show her butt uh-huh. and then back up to her head or there's a shot of her laying in bed asleep yeah and it takes this position of being farther back and, and she's showing, laying on her stomach yeah with her butt sticking in the air mm-hmm. and in a shot like that you have to wonder why are we seeing it this way yeah what's the camera telling us what's the purpose of this shot and this is supposed to be like about adele and following her life and like it's almost like, why would she have this view of herself? You know? Yeah. If she's just Why are asleep. we seeing this about her when exactly. she's asleep? So it's like, when we talk about the male gaze in terms of like the cinematography, that's what yeah. we're talking about is when, when there's a shot, why is it filmed the way it is? And, and why it, is it included? And not every scene that shows, you know, something sexual about a woman is from a male gaze type perspective. You know, there can be great shots of, you know, women, you know, butts, boobs, everything, or men as well. Um, but yeah, when it just like doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, why are we seeing this? Well, and this goes back to if I'm a dude, like a, a straight white dude directing this movie, that's the kind of stuff you really have to be thinking about because people are going to call you out on it. Yeah. When you're sexualizing these random shots that you don't need to. Unfortunately, some guys don't care. No, absolutely not. And they're I, like, my art. <laughs> <laughs> it has to have butts. <laughs> All classical art has butts. <laughs> I want to talk about the male gaze. Classical <laughs> art. <laughs> oh, my God. Another time. So Adele and Emma's relationship continues in the movie from here. Yeah. Uh, they move in together. And time it, is passing and we don't really know how much time is passing. Yeah, it's interesting. It kind of doesn't do anything to make it obvious how much time has passed. You just kind of pick up context clues yeah. as it goes. And eventually Emma's a teacher. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Adele's a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Emma's an artist. Yes. And I don't think we mentioned this yet. No. Uh, Emma goes to art school. Yeah. When and, they first meet. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't play a big role in the graphic novel. No. In fact, like any role. Not really. Um, Besides but, being like, oh, she's like cool and has blue hair. Yeah. And she's an artist. And mm. like that sexual appeal. <laughs> <laughs> that art school sex appeal. Yeah. <laughs> so... This is interesting because so both the uh, graphic novel and the movie kind of go into their relationship kind of becoming turbulent and kind of falling apart. But in completely different ways. Super different ways. And the movie kind of explores this through their uh, socioeconomic backgrounds. Yeah. Um, Adele kind of comes from a more working class family. Yeah. Whereas Emma comes from a a higher class family, I guess, and she's involved in the art world. Yeah. And this is really highlighted in a scene where they kind of host a party Mm -hmm. where all of Emma's art friends come and gallery people and they're kind of entertaining them. Mm -hmm. And this movie features a lot of discussions about art. Yeah. And literature Mm -hmm. and interpreting it. And it's interesting 
but sometimes I don't know what it's trying to say. Yeah, I feel like I didn't really get it the first time I watched it. And then mm-hmm. I was reading like articles about it later and I was like, oh, okay, I guess I kind of understand. It doesn't go out of its way to like show you what's really going down, I think. But when I watched it a second time and I knew what I was looking for, I could kind of tell um, how they were highlighting, you know, all of Emma's friends being, you know, the way they were talking about art and culture and type and stuff like that and how Adele the whole time she's the one that cooks the food Mm -hmm. you know she's the one that's serving the food and playing the hostess and making sure everyone has enough to eat and has drinks and everything and then she's the one that likes doing the dishes later you know she is put into that working class slash more feminized role in their relationship which is kind of interesting um and the director has gone out to say he he has strong stances against like i think the art community quote yeah, unquote and like yeah. talks about working class people and knowing what i i, I don't know i i don't know a whole lot about his stance on that yeah but he's he's more critical of yes. people in that artsy aristocratic um higher class mm-hmm. structure and i think that goes back to his childhood or something yeah and i know in the movie i think this does work well in terms of narratively for the movie because early on Adele's talking about uh books yeah and reading them for class Mm -hmm. and she specifically mentions that she doesn't like when teachers kind of overanalyze things and explain them too much yeah because it kind of takes away from her enjoyment of them and her imagination Yeah. yeah um so this ties in well to a bunch of Emma's snooty art friends overanalyzing things yeah but on the other hand there's a lot of discussions and some of these art people go on so long about subjects that I'm like, is the director trying to make a comment about like, this? Yeah. Is he talking through one of these characters? And the one that stands out the most is like, I don't even know his name. This is another thing in the movie. They don't like tell people's names mm-hmm. very often in no, the movie. No. So you're like, I don't know who this guy is, but I just call him that one guy at the party. <laughs> <laughs> Cause Which, he's like, there's two guys at the party who are, suck, but he's probably he's the, the biggest worst. one. And it's interesting because he's like a gallery owner and he like has a lot of influence. So Emma's almost like trying to impress him so that he'll show her art in his gallery. Yeah. And so he has this like power over her, which I think is interesting as you watch this scene play out. But he is like just one of those dudes that likes to tell people about his opinions and how he like knows everything about art. He's pontificating to everyone at this party. And then he gets on the subject of the female orgasm, which if anyone knows anything about the female orgasm, it's this guy, right? (laughs) No, no, (laughs) no, not absolutely not this dude. But it's just him kind of being that guy who thinks that he knows things and is sort of lecturing these women around him about why women enjoy sex more and why he knows that that's true and like talking about art and talking about the male gaze in art and how men are trying to capture this ecstasy in women and yet with the comments the director's made about his his own film and yeah. lighting them like paintings, I'm like, is this the director's opinion? I think that this is the director. Yeah, it seems like it. Yeah. Yet this is the douchiest, like, fake art commentary in the whole movie. I which know, he yeah. seems against. That's why it's, like, confusing to it me. It is. I'm not sure the perspective of what the director's trying I, to do. Yeah, I don't know what we're supposed to be getting out of this scene. No, I, I don't either. Yeah. It's kind of a mystery and it kind of... and. I think it's not the first time we've encountered this, 
probably in an adaptation, but it's the one that is most interesting to me, is how the director or, you know, whoever, whoever was the one who mainly adapted the story from the the graphic novel. Yeah. Looked at this novel and was like, I really want to talk about art from this. Yeah. Which is nowhere in the graphic novel. No. And it's kind of one of those instances where a director's really putting his own opinion and twist into the original source material that wasn't there at all. Yeah. And I actually did read something about that. I read that he originally wanted to make a movie about like teaching Mm. and teachers, which makes sense because Adele is a a teacher and she teaches children. Um, And that he kind of saw this and she was a teacher in it and then was kind of like, oh, well, I'll just do this and like make it about that. Yeah. There's a lot of time spent on her in the classroom. Yeah. Once again, like all this time you're like some of this could have been edited yeah you know i get i get that it adds to the tone yeah but also it's three hours i don't want three hours of a tone (laughs) yeah so yeah but so this like socioeconomic you know social class thing ends up being like a problem in their relationship and you can kind of tell that emma wants adele to be more high class Mm -hmm. or to be more artsy in some ways. Yeah, she wants her to write. She's telling her, oh, you write so well, you should write. Mm -hmm. And Adele's like, I like teaching. It's it's, it's something I like doing. Mm -hmm. Just let me teach. Yeah, just leave me alone. And you can tell that's not quite enough for Emma. Mm -hmm. This leads to Adele having an affair with another teacher, another male teacher in her classroom. Mm -hmm. Um, Emma finds out there is fighting. There's a brutal scene. There is just this gut-wrenching just emotional so this this is what this is something that's interesting to me about this adaptation yeah both the graphic novel and the movie are very emotional yeah but whereas the graphic novel is like a a spectrum of emotion Mm -hmm. the movie is either intense passion yeah or absolute despair complete misery and the uh the actress who plays adele my god i've never seen anyone act with snot the way she does oh my god she's always in the scenes where she's crying it's so intense yeah it's really i mean she's amazing in this role yeah but it's just like it's so 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 depressing because like (laughs) adele regrets this affair and you kind of understand why it happened because emma was sort of being distant you Mm -hmm. know spending time with her artist friends and and not hanging out with her and kind of acting like you know adele wasn't enough for her and like wanting her to be more you know art minded and everything and so you can kind of understand why adele acted out in this way and had this affair but of course to Emma, there's no no justification, which we're not saying cheating is okay, but like, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and this kind of goes back to in the movie earlier on when we we're like, what happened to her other girlfriend, Sabine? Yeah. And this is like, did she cheat on Sabine yeah. with Adele? If she did, she's being hugely hypocritical right now. Yeah. But we kind of never get an answer for that. No. So that's kind of a little bit of a problem with this story, in my opinion. Yeah. Is not knowing what happened to her other girlfriend, Sabine. And mm-hmm. So. So they break up in the movie. And now let's go back to the book. Mm-hmm. So 
we're going back in time in the book when they first get together. And so when Emma and Adele first get together in the book, she's still dating Sabine. Yeah. So they kind of have this affair that goes on for months where they're just like sleeping together and hanging out. And it's all while Emma is still with Sabine. Yeah. And so this is partly, you know, why they're so will they, won't they. Yeah, this drama and conflict. Yeah. uh, But eventually she breaks up with Sabine. Yeah. And wants to be with Emma. Adele. Adele. (sighs) (laughs) I'm actually getting them confused more than the different name for Adele. Yeah. Uh, But they end up together. Mm -hmm. And it's really sweet. And, you know, their relationship seems good. Uh, and there's a, there's a scene Mm -hmm. where they go to Adele's parents. Yeah. Uh, where Emma's staying the night. Yeah. And they, and Adele hasn't come out to her parents. No. She's saying Emma's a a friend helping her with her philosophy. (laughs) (laughs) And, and the parents are totally like, whatever. Yeah, sure. So they have sex in Adele's room. Yeah. And. For some reason, Emma thinks it's a good idea to go downstairs mm-hmm. in the middle of the night uh, for some food from the fridge, totally naked. Yeah. Where she runs into the mom. Mm-hmm. And this starts the chain reaction situation of them throwing out Emma and this fight and Adele also like leaving to go with Emma. And it's this really powerful scene. Yeah, it's really... Amazing, honestly. It's one of the best sequences in a graphic novel that I've mm-hmm. seen. Because it starts out, you know, it's just the two of them in, in Adele's room. And they're just talking about how much they care for, for and love each other. And they're yeah. kind of questioning, like, what is love? It, can it be eternal? And, like, these big questions. Mm-hmm. And then it's, like, very, you know, romantic. And then Emma's like, okay, I'm going to go downstairs and get, get some food or some Sorry, milk. I skipped that part. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, Adele's like, okay, sure, that's fine. That sounds normal. And, you know, the whole part, you know, Emma goes downstairs and all of a sudden she sees Adele's mom, you know, downstairs and they see each other. And this whole sequence plays out completely word- wordless and text-free. There's no nothing written. It's just images. Yeah. And it's so visually amazing. It, and yeah. it's just, you know, like... Emma running back upstairs and then Adele's mom grabbing Adele's dad. And then they're both like, you can see that they're yelling and, and they're taking Emma's clothes. They're outside, taking Emma's clothes. They're all trying to put their clothes. The girls are trying to put their clothes back on and then they're like throwing them out. And it's just really sad because, you know, this whole time Adele has been really struggling with her sexuality, you know, like for admitting it to herself. Like she doesn't want to admit that, you know, she's a lesbian or she doesn't want to admit that she has feelings for Emma in a lot of ways. And this gives you a window into why she's so, so so conflicted. Yeah. Because her parents, she just knows that would never accept her and they don't, they throw her out and it's really sad. And I think it shines a light on Adele's character a lot in the graphic novel where, you know, her friends, first her friends, you know, turn on her and then her own family. Mm hmm. And this kind of, you know, adds to the narrative of, you know, struggling with coming out and your sexuality. And, you know, I think that's why the graphic novel is probably better about trying to capture this uh, narrative more than the movie. Um, But so following this, it's Mm -hmm. kind of 
similar beats where she talks about, I suddenly had to grow up a lot faster and she yeah. moves in with Emma. Mm-hmm. And it takes a huge time jump, though. Yeah. Within like a page. Yeah. And, or two. It's just like, oh, and now I'm 30. So it's like 12 <laughs> years have passed. And it's just like, oh, OK. Like, yeah. Sure. I suppose. And she kind of just starts like, I, I, I don't know, highlighting or bullet pointing like yeah adult life yeah and then we started having some problems and yeah it is interesting she talks about how emma is more outspoken about her sexuality yeah. and is more invested in like the politics of it mm-hmm. and being and fighting for and being in a group yeah like, yeah mm-hmm. whereas for adele it's much more of a personal thing yeah that it's she very intimate for her and it's not something that she wants to display to mm-hmm. everyone. And so they kind of are in opposition in this. And that sort of starts to tear their relationship apart. And this also goes back to Adele not fully accepting herself, I think. Even yeah. though all this time has passed, like she still is not at peace with who she is. So and it's the same kind of setup. Like she starts to have an affair with someone from her school and, you know, tells Emma about it at some point and then Emma throws her out. Yeah. How how long was she thrown out of the house? Do you remember in the book? Um it's a couple months, I think. Okay, I guess that's cuz I was going to say once again, you know, in this situation specifically, Emma's being a little, I think, hypocritical. Hypocritical, yeah, yeah. cuz she cheated on Sabine yeah, with, Adele. with Adele. Um And like she throws her out. I think this really hurts her because, you know, the whole time before they got together, she was sort of worried that this was just a phase for Adele Mm -hmm. and that she would kind of like go back to being with guys and like would just leave Emma in the dust. Yeah, she pushes that more in the graphic novel. And so I think when Emma finds out that Adele has been having um, an affair with this man from her school it kind of just strikes that inside of her, you know, feeling like she's being replaced and that, you know, Adele doesn't really like want to be with her or it was just a phase for her. Um, And the thing that I want to talk about though, is that this is the part of the graphic novel where it's really easy to just kind of fall off the story a bit. Yeah. You're like, wait, what's happening? That's how I felt a little bit. Because uh, the time jump is so drastic. Yeah. And it just kind of, like I said, bullet points it's just like, them oh, having yeah. problems with their relationship, mm-hmm. which the whole story up until this point is about them getting to their relationship, getting yeah. to this point. And, and it's then, been such an up and down yeah. to get here. And you're finally like, yes, we're here. And then it's like in one page, it's like, and this is kind of how it falls apart. Yeah. Which was really tough to kind of like take in, I guess. And to just accept like, okay, sure. Like. I buy, I buy into this. But it's interesting because so Julie Moreau wrote this in her late teens and early 20s. And I was reading some criticism of it and um, just that her being so young, it was almost like a young person's version of like what it would be like to be in your 30s mm-hmm. or to get to that time and like not really understanding how to accurately portray that. Like yeah. the the agony and the intensity of like, the ups and downs of a relationship and the drama, you know, surrounding yeah. it. Like she's got that down. Like that is so accurate and it feels so real. But then she gets to like adulthood and it's almost like she loses the words and the narrative yeah. to even like portray that well. And so I think maybe 
her age is showing a little bit in that. Because Adele starts taking pills and medication. Yeah. yeah. And kind of... She's like, I'm addicted to pills now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, like what? Huh? <laughs> Why? Which the Adele in the movie should have been taking pills. No, she should have. She was just she a mess. depressed as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, should we should we finish the graphic novel story arc or? Yeah, we're already talking about it. Yeah, so um, she's taking pills and she starts to become physically weak. Yeah. And she finally meets with Emma again. Yeah. They meet on the beach and things go well. Yeah. And it seems like they're They're gonna, reconciling. Yeah. And they're passionately kissing on the beach. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they're going to do it. Yeah. And then Adele has like a heart attack. Yeah. Which puts her in the hospital. Yeah. Where they inform Emma that she has a some kind of heart problem that came from her abusing medication. Well, they do say that she probably had it before. Oh, okay. And that the pills kind of like made it worse. Oh, okay. Yeah. But they're like, yeah, so she's just going to die now. Yes. And Emma's like, what? Like, this cannot be happening. And it's really, like, intense and it's so shocking and a little melodramatic, you know? She's yeah. addicted to pills and then she's in the hospital. and But it's really sad because, like, they took so long to get together and then you're they're together and then their happy years are, like, just skipped over. <laughs> Pretty And then much. it's like, oh, and they're broken up again. Let's and get back to the drama. They finally get back together and they're, like, this nice scene with them on the beach and now Adele... Is dying, which we knew from the beginning of the graphic novel was going to happen. Yeah. Because, you know, Emma's back at Adele's house and is reading her diary and is remembering her, even though she's dead. Yeah. So she passes away. Yeah, it's really sad. And gives the her journal to Emma mm-hmm. with one final message. It's this really beautiful passage that the book ends on. Should we read it? You can. Yeah, go for it. Emma, you asked me if I believed in eternal love. Love is something way too abstract and indefinable. It depends on what we perceive and what we experience. If we don't exist, it doesn't exist. And we change so much, love must change as well. Love catches fire. It trespasses. It breaks. We break. It comes back to life. We come back to life. Love may not be eternal, but it can make us eternal. Beyond death, the love that we shared continues to live. It's so sad. It is. I think it works so well because it's honest about love. Yeah. While also being hopeful about it. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So it, it ends really well despite that, I think, that hiccup kind of in narrative. Yeah. Leading it up to it. It still ends it in this poignant, yeah. emotional conclusion. Um, Let's cut back to the other sorrow of Adele. Yeah. This is so annoying because <laughs> they fucking... <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a totally different ending in the movie, but yeah. equally sad. But equally so sad. So now we have to sit here and talk about two very sad, awful, but depressing very different endings. endings. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. So like the movie takes a completely different approach, which is basically like love exists and then it's gone and then you're just screwed and your life is miserable after that and you have snot running out of your nose and all the like, time oh my god like the rest of the movie so they break up and then there's like still 40 minutes left to the movie <laughs> and i'm like what <laughs> this is there, there was there was the fucking and now yeah. there's the sorrowing the sorrowing 
And it's still 40 minutes. And those 40 minutes are just Adele being really sad all the time. Is this like a staple of French film? I don't know. I feel like it's... I, I know nothing about French film, but I feel like the cliche is it's like really dramatic and sad. Yeah. Is like usually... Well, it's ha- covering that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so eventually Adele meets up with Emma again and it's been a couple years. Yeah. And they meet up at a cafe. Yeah. Where they're talking about where they're at in their lives. Emma's with this woman who we were introduced to at, at the party. At the party. And Adele's kind of like, how are you doing? Like, do you miss me? Don't yeah. you want to fuck? Don't you want to get back together right now? <laughs> and you can tell that Emma does miss their relationship, like the passion they had. Yeah. Uh, physically. Physically, yeah. Because like, I apparently that kind of passion isn't in her new relationship as much. Yeah. Um, but her partner has a kid mm-hmm. who she says is like really important to her. Yeah. There's this scene, though, where... <laughs> They, um, Adele takes Emma's hand and just starts kissing it and then like sucking on her fingers and then they lean forward and just start licking each other's faces Yeah, and Adele like, you know, puts her hand between Emma's legs Yeah, and they're in a cafe, they're in a cafe in broad daylight. (laughs) Yeah. And even though you can kind of see some out of focus people in the background, but they're so obvious about it. I know, it. it's so weird. It's so, it's very <laughs> over the top. And so they're they're kissing and stuff, but then uh, Emma eventually breaks away and is like, I can't do this. Like, you know, I'm with someone else now. And Adele kind of asks her, like, do you, do you love me anymore? And Emma just shakes her head. And I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> and once again... The snot and tear work yeah. of the girl who plays Adele mm-hmm. is phenomenal. because She just is so just ravaged with sadness. Yeah. Um, and then like the final scene of the movie is basically Adele going to an art show for mm-hmm. Emma and kind of like talking with her and like seeing some of Emma's old friends that she knew from the party. And, and it's then- sad, too, because she's. In this scene and the scene before in the cafe, she's wearing blue. Yeah. And they even comment on it in this mm-hmm. scene. So, like, clearly she's... Trying to recapture yeah. that blue from their early relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's just, like, she feels awkward and she leaves. And that's yeah. the end. There's kind of a weird aspect to this ending, though. Yeah. Where she's talking to a guy who she talked to at the party. Yeah. And he's clearly flirting with her and into her. Yeah. But he's also a huge douche. No, he's the worst. And I don't know if we're supposed to think he's a douche. Yeah, I don't think we are. I don't think so either. <laughs> because the way it ends, um, she leaves yeah. and kind of like walks around the corner and is yeah. walking away. And this guy, seeing her leaves, runs out. To follow her. To follow her. And she's out of sight. And he starts to walk towards her mm-hmm. and then turns around because he thinks she went the other way. Yeah. And, and so, so it's like that misconnection thing. Yeah. And I think it's trying to say something because the movie before kind of talks about fate. Yeah. And about the existence of fate. And, yeah. you know, and I think in the same way that Emma and um, Adele kind of had this fateful encounter. Yeah. You know, like they were brought together by fate. Mm-hmm. In this situation, Adele and this guy kind of by chance of fate didn't run into each other. Yeah. 
God, I'm sorry. My voice is so bad right now. Um, <laughs> they ended up parting ways, which is good because he sucked. Yeah. Um, and I think that's interesting because that kind of brings me to talk about what, uh, like kind of the message and general, like the theme of like the movie and the book. Yeah. And like we were saying in the movie, it's kind of about this predestination, fate, like love and tragedy that like come into your life and you can't, you have like no control over what happens mm-hmm. and kind of this, the tragedy of love where you have it and then it's gone and then your life is just like, there's nothing, you're never going to be happy again. Basically. Yeah. Like you've lost it and it's gone. It's like, if you have it right now, you better enjoy it because once it's gone, you're a sad sack yeah and then and the the emphasis on like the class structure and like that kind of tearing them apart whereas in the graphic novel i think there are questions about fate a little bit but it's more about love and like the quote we were reading about eternal love and what it means and then it's a lot about like accepting yourself because adele for so long could not accept herself and was kind of struggling with you know, identifying, you know, as a lesbian and almost like her whole life, she had to like get sick and die in order to be at peace with who she was, Um, which is super interesting. And and it's really sad too, because it it kind of like shows you like what this hostile climate towards, you know, um, people who identify as gay can do to them, you know, how it can like really undermine their relationships and their ability to like love themselves which is really sad and i think it comes through with adele's character in the book absolutely yeah and you know the the movie early on deals a lot i think with you know sexuality and coming out and being gay and those messages but then it kind of just turns into a love story or a tragedy i guess yeah you know and it kind of abandons those themes because then they're surrounded by you know emma's art friends yeah who, who don't care no. about their sexuality and are totally open to it and there's no coming out drama with adele's parents in the movie no. at all so i just kind of wish it followed through on that narrative yeah thread that it i feel like that's the difference that you can tell the book was written by a lesbian yeah and the movie was directed by a dude who probably liked the story but didn't really give a crap about what it meant for Adele's character to have to struggle with this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, that that wraps it up. Yeah. So which which one's better? Oh man. Um I think I I definitely have to go with the book on this. Yeah, same. You know, there there there's a lo- there are a lot of things I do like about the movie. Yeah. But overall, it is very self-indulgent. It is. And you it, have to like know what you're doing when you start to watch the movie. <laughs> you, like, so it's worth mentioning, we had to break this movie into three segments. Yeah. We were going to do two, like, you know, an hour and a half one night, an hour yeah. and a half the next night. But on the second night, I literally started falling asleep. <laughs> I just, I couldn't help and my eyes were just fighting against me. So then we had I to mean, watch. it's subtitled. There's no score. You know, the dialogue is very quiet at times and, you know, is improvisational and it's, it's three hours. You know, there's a lot of factors that make it kind of a little bit of an ordeal to watch. This movie's kind of almost like everything... 
people probably assume about foreign films. Yeah. It's really long. There's kind of like... This weird tone. Yeah, weird like silence, dead space. Really like much more sexually... Explicit. Explicit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, and it's not that I don't appreciate what it does because I really think you get invested in Adele's life. Oh, yeah. It's so heartbreaking to see everything crumble. And honestly, the first time I watched this movie, I was like upset for days. Like just, just it, it really affected me. And I think that's really amazing to have a movie to be able to do that. Well, and I think that is the actress's performance. Yeah. Yeah. The the actresses who play Emma and Adele above all else in this movie, their performances are out of this world. Mm -hmm. So it is really good. And I think even the the artistic elements to the direction i think there are things to praise yeah but i think with the criticism and i just love the art in the graphic mm-hmm. novel so much like yeah. i really like it and i'm willing to forgive that like time jump weird melodrama thing at the end just because the, the art is so good and the story is so interesting and i i just feel like that I'm more invested in in Adele's story a little bit in the book just mm-hmm. because she's struggling with so many things personally and in the movie it's it's kind of more like well she's just like not good enough for Emma like you don't really know why Emma like doesn't love her anymore and it's sort of like very frustrating yeah cuz you're just like I mean what like what do you do like <laughs> and, and it's also worth it 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 is worth something that you can read the entire graphic novel in the length of time it takes to watch the one sex scene in the movie. <laughs> like that, that does mean something that yeah. you can get an equally, I think, emotional experience in a short graphic novel as yeah. compared to a three hour subtitled film. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I do agree. The book the book is better in this scenario. You should definitely check it out. It's really good. Like Ian said, you can finish it in one or two sittings if you have a little bit of time, and it's really worthwhile. It is, and once and this is a um an an, an, an instance where the source material I think definitely got kind of overshadowed by this film. Oh yeah, and the the controversy surrounding it yeah. and kind of this weird and everyone's like it's the one with all the lesbian sex in it you know and like that is yeah. extremely reductive obviously definitely um but yeah the i think the graphic novel was definitely overshadowed and i honestly had no idea that there was a graphic novel until i started to like research the movie cuz i was interested um so yeah definitely check out the the graphic novel check out it Check out it. Check out it. <laughs> Check out it. That's our that's our recommendation. You ready for the lightning round? Let's do the lightning round. Lightning round. Pew, 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 pew. God, my voice. Wow. I'll go first. Okay. Um, we started to talk about it a little bit, but then we got distracted. That one guy um, at the party... The second guy at the party. Yes. <laughs> Not the one that talks about the female orgasm, but a the different guy. The second worst guy. <laughs> the second worst guy at the party. Uh, he starts talking to Adele and is just asking her about what it's like to be with a woman. And it's super like, this is just like every dude that has ever approached 
a woman who identifies as queer and is just like, what's it like having sex with a woman? Is yeah. it more gentle? And you're just like, what is wrong with you? And they've never met before. No. This. And he's just asking her all these very personal questions and it's really inappropriate and I don't like it. And then in the last scene where he like almost goes after her, but like misses her right before that, he was talking to her about how she should really travel and see the world. Cause it like opens up your mind. Yeah. And she's like, okay, like fine. Don't lecture me. Like, cool. I'm a school teacher. If you want to fund my travels, yeah. you piece of shit. He's like, why haven't you been to New York yet? You should really travel. It's like, I mean, I know, like, I want to travel. There's like, no one who doesn't want to travel. Yeah. Don't never tell someone they should travel. Everyone wants to travel. Want to travel. They just can't afford it. Yeah. You just can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, okay. So this is like kind of just this random thing, but we were watching this on Netflix. Yeah. And then. When we paused it or stopped it uh, after the first half of it, uh-huh. we looked at it and the thumbnail or the image that comes up for this movie on Netflix is this guy. And it ends up being the what, guy yeah. she sleeps with, I think, that who has the affair is with. the other teacher. Mm-hmm. But the one thumbnail for this three hour movie it's just this guy. Is the is this one <laughs> random guy who probably has like two minutes of screen time. Yeah. But it's like this whole epic movie about these two women and their lesbian relationship. And they're going to make the thumbnail one of the dudes. Yeah. One of the dudes. <laughs> and it's stupid. He just has this dumb face. Like he doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. I took a photo of it. I'm going to tweet it. This is a reason to follow us on Twitter. <laughs> Some quality content. Look at this guy's dumb, <laughs> stupid face. Oh my god! So another thing to mention from the movie is that there's so many shots of Adele, like all up on Adele, and it's all about her mouth and her hair. Oh god, yes. Like We've... they just there's so many shots that are just on her mouth, like just her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I had to ask Adina at one point because. Um, uh, the girl who plays Adele, she has, she does have a very kind of distinctive mouth. Yeah. She has very kind of like large lips. Yeah. And her teeth are kind of large. Uh-huh. So it just like makes like your, you kind of like look at her mouth more than you normally would. Yeah. So I couldn't tell if it was me <laughs> or the camera focusing on her mouth no, a lot. No, it's definitely the camera. And, I'd, and Adina's like, absolutely, it's the camera. And I swear to God, the next shot they showed was just a close-up of her mouth while she was asleep. Yeah, and she's like eating. They're like very focused on her mouth. And we're like, yes, we get it. Like sexual food. Okay, like we understand the connection. But also her hair. Like she's always playing with her hair. Her hair is always like crazy and doing weird stuff and getting in her face and she's putting it up and then she's taking it down and then she's putting it up. She's always fucking with it. <laughs> um, so one, there's we couldn't come up with many uh, lightning rounds for the book, but the one thing I did really like was there's a scene where um, Emma is at Adele's parents' house for dinner mm-hmm. and this is after she's passed away mm-hmm. and the dad becomes really angry and goes on this tirade. Yeah. Um, Cause he, he's not happy with Emma being there mm-hmm. and when blames he blames her for Adele's death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when he's on this tirade, Emma like storms off. Yeah. And I love it because instead of just have, instead of having text or anything, he's actually saying it just starts putting these little icons and images Yeah. like in the speech bubbles. And it's like the French flag 
And then, like, the last one is, like, them burning a woman, like, at... At the stake. At the stake. And it looks like it's Emma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a really kind of... Good way to visualize Yeah, creative, that. adding a little bit of humor into this thing that isn't funny, but, you yeah. know, it, it was a really... It, it highlights the, I think, the talent of the author slash illustrator of this story. Oh, sorry. Another thing is uh, when they're in the park... And they start kissing the sun, oh the my. sun between their lips. The sun. <laughs> I called this the first time they were kissing. And yeah. it wasn't that scene, but it but was, it was later. A, a later scene where they're making out at sunset. I'm like, they're going to they're going to film with the sun right between their lips. Yep. And the cameraman's going to be like angling, like trying to keep that sun between their faces as much as he can. Yeah. Because that's in only a million movies. Yep. <laughs> hope I, i'm sure everyone knows what i'm talking about but. i hope you know what you're talking about it's like when their faces are like close together and the sun is right between their mouths mm-hmm. it's just shining between and then they kiss and the sun is hidden and yeah. they break apart and the sun is back <laughs> you get it yeah <laughs> this movie does that of course is that it that's yeah. it for me i think that wraps it up all right. Thanks so, for uh, listening to our discussion about about blue is the warmest mm-hmm. color. It was a fun time. Yeah, there was a lot to really kind of dissect with this one yeah. thematically, and which is exciting. I yeah, like talking yeah, about it. It was really great. Mm-hmm. So hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, we are cover two credits on Twitter. That's the number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Email us at cover to credits pod at gmail mm-hmm. Send us suggestions. For future episodes, thoughts on Blue is the Warmest Color or other episodes we've done, Mm -hmm. or just send us an email to say hi. We really want to, you know, we want to feel out like how many people listen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what you think of the show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Mm -hmm. Anything. So do that. Also, leave us a review on iTunes if you like what you've listened to. We really appreciate any reviews or feedback you can give us on iTunes or on any other platform as well. Yeah. And even just a star rating is good. Mm -hmm. Like, that's enough. Um, I don't have to thank. We don't have to thank your job anymore. No, we're recording at it's home. Us. I want to thank me and you for investing in microphones. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.